microphone check one two what is this you're now listening to a brand new episode of the play big faster podcast look what you done started talk to him. attorney high performance coach and speaker sheree prince asks hard questions to really get to the bottom of what makes entrepreneurs tick from starting a business marketing strategies and the ins and outs of their industries we talk everything from book recommendations lifestyle hacks and everything possible to get you inspired and motivated to build your own business the play big faster podcast starts now let's go Welcome to another episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. We are joined by Robert Rhymes. Hey, Robert. What's up, Cherie? How are you? I'm doing great. Listen, it is so good to actually see you at almost in person. Um, I'm usually stalking your Facebook page. Almost in person, right. <laughs> I'm usually seeing your cast of characters on Facebook. <laughs> so what are you up to these days? Not much. Working and trying to uh, get a good work-life balance. Uh, going and that's kind of difficult in these post-COVID streets, but yeah, I'm trying to make it happen. Well, you know, the word the word in these streets is that you bring the party with you. So wherever you are, <laughs> that's where the party is. I mean, tell me that the people are not wrong. Are the people wrong? The people are not wrong. I mean, you know, I got rock star rules. The party starts when I get there. So I heard that Robert Rhymes was internationally known and locally respected. I'm I'm gonna keep it moving like that. Look, you did your homework. Right. So when you are not out there, you know, keeping the party alive, what are you doing on your entrepreneurial journey? You know, I have an interesting entrepreneurial journey. Didn't start out thinking that I would become an entrepreneur. I actually, you know, enrolled in college, settled on a subject matter that actually came pretty easy to me, which was chemistry, and thought that I would spend my work life in a laboratory. That did not work out. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I discovered that my personality was not such to have great conversation with a test tube and decided that I wanted to do something a little bit differently. And I ended up settling on cooking as my thing, which is amazing in that growing up, I never considered that as a career choice because the only people who I knew that cooked were the cafeteria ladies at my school and they were the meanest ladies I had ever seen in life. Yeah. No, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, They were sweet. But when I asked for more potatoes, they weren't so sweet. When I asked for another piece of chicken, they weren't so sweet. So, you know, I never really thought about it, honestly, as a career choice. But, um, you know, after growing and, and moving to the city and kind of seeing real chefs in action, it kind of sparked something in me. And so I started having some conversations with my sister and she encouraged me to pursue that avenue. Like, go out there and try. Okay, you're young. Go out there and do what you want to do. So, hey, I quit my job. I was working as a forensic chemist at the uh, Georgia Bureau of Investigation. I quit the job, sold my furniture, sold my car and moved to Chicago and enrolled in culinary school, so. So let's unpack that. When you said that you moved to the city, now you're from the Mississippi Delta, correct? I am, I am, from Clarksdale, Mississippi. Clarksdale, Mississippi, one of the many celebrities from Clarksdale, Clark's, Clark's Vegas, is that Clark's what you Clark's Vegas, that's right. Clark's Vegas, okay. <laughs> 
So Clark's you, Vegas. Yeah. So you quit your job, enrolled in culinary school. And so what is your niche? Like what type of, you know, cuisine do you prepare? So I own my own catering company and I call my catering company Spirals great food with a twist. And that is where I actually put my own spin on classic dishes by adding a few secret ingredients and a few international cooking styles to make my own signature dishes. And so that is pretty much what I do. So my family, a large portion of it is from Louisiana. So I have a little Creole influence in a lot of my dishes. Uh, I've traveled extensively. And so I've kind of incorporated some of those flavors that I've encountered uh, across the globe into my dishes. Uh, and so if you want to describe or if you've ever heard the, the phrase fusion cooking, I'm your man because I'm actually fusing together all of these different things that I have learned and picked up throughout my life's journey. So tell us, what is your favorite entree that you prepare? Oh, my goodness. My favorite entree that I prepare. Hmm. If I'm preparing something for myself, uh, that would be pizza. <laughs> I'm, oh like the, I'm like the pizza <laughs> king, man. Yeah, because honestly, working in a kitchen all day, it's the last room in my house that I want to see when I get home. So I am like the guy who goes to the grocery store and buys a cheese pizza and then comes home and puts all these gourmet toppings on it and throw it in the oven and then I'm done. But when I'm cooking for other people, I guess... I really like to make dishes that kind of are akin to Thai cooking. Uh, so I use lots of basil, lots of hot peppers. I make curries and so on and so forth. So I would say any kind of a dish that's kind of akin uh, to Thailand would be my, my happy place. So in your travels, what are some of the more exotic dishes that you've come across that you've been able to fuse into your menu? Oh, my God. So, yeah. I am a chef, but I am not a very adventurous eater. What? <laughs> of my protein choices, okay? Now, spice blends, you know, herbs and spices, I'm, I'm all in. But uh, when it comes to alternative protein sources, I'm kind of like, no, nah, I'm going to stay over here. <laughs> so I guess the most exotic thing that I have eaten, I have not necessarily incorporated it into, you know, my cooking would have been catching a, a shark, a fresh shark, and actually grilling shark steaks on a boat. I can't say that I was necessarily a fan of it, uh, because shark kind of has a, a very unique flavor profile. And so I wasn't necessarily a fan, uh, but the grilling practice of wrapping it in a banana leaf and then flash grilling it is a technique that I sometimes use. Uh, so I guess that would be the takeaway uh, from that experience. Let's see what you being from the Mississippi Delta. I just know you were going to say squirrel soup or a possum or coon <laughs> or something, <laughs> but that's okay. Well, yeah, the possum and the coons are, are definitely in high supply uh, in my backyard in Mississippi. So yeah, but no, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, Robert Rhymes, <clears throat> Um, I did mention that you have a very animated social media presence. Tell us just how that kind of came about. I noticed like at the beginning of the pandemic, your posts started to change a little bit. Could you share with us the inspiration for that? Absolutely. So I mentioned that I own my own catering company, but I'm also the director of a culinary program at a community college in Southern Illinois, Kaskaskia College. And 
moving my classes that were primarily face-to-face classes to an online platform was something very, very difficult in the beginning. It was hard to get particularly my non-traditional students to want to log in, uh, you know, to an online platform for instruction. And so uh, I happened to be teaching international cuisine at the time. And so I had all these costumes lying around. Don't ask why. Anyway, yeah, I had all these costumes lying around. And so I decided to put them on. And I basically was broadcasting, if you will, from a different country each day. And so it encouraged my students to want to log on to see, hey, where's Chef today? Like, what's he going to have on today? Uh, And so that's where the inspiration came from. And then I started to share it on my own personal Facebook page, simply because in conversations with people, you know, people were just kind of in a funk. The isolation was weighing heavily on a lot of people. And when I posted the first picture, the amount of, you know, laughing emojis and so on and so forth, and people giving positive feedback saying, I really needed that laugh, uh, really kind of fueled me to keep that going. And so I I kept it going for about a month and a half, man, until I ran out of costumes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, it was definitely inspirational. And I I see that you revived the look. We just, we just, you know, got past Halloween and you were one of my favorite entertainers. James Brown? Yeah, I was James Brown. I had uh, done two straight weeks of uh, that The I Love Jackson State University football uh, for homecoming and then turned around and did the Boombox Classic. And, you know, I ain't built like I used to be. So it took a toll. And unlike James, you know, James started singing, I feel good. I'm like, no, he didn't. I look just like James and I did not feel good. So, yeah, James was lying. (laughs) <laughs> so tell me this if there were if you had to give advice to someone who was looking to do what you do what advice would you give them to get started if they were brand new how what would you advise them first of all i want to give advice to people who have never considered this as a career path if you love to cook it is definitely a viable career option the reason i'm saying that is uh Because depending on where you may be from, you may not have had exposure to this career path as I did not. And so I want to let people who may not have considered but have this as a passion to consider it as their career choice. There is no better job than the one that you can get where you combine something that you really love and make money doing it. Number one, it comes very easy to you. You're not going to feel as though you're working. You're going to feel as though you're having fun every day. Uh, And so I I want to speak to them on that first. The second thing is that, as I explained earlier, I was a career changer. And I want to encourage people to never be afraid to change your mind. It's okay. We were not uh, created to be one thing, to settle on one thing in life and be that for all of our days. We are ever-evolving beings, and I think that, you know, keep that in the back of your mind that it's okay to, to make a change, even if you're turning around in the middle of the street as I did. So, <laughs> and you know, something else. People may say that you're crazy. It may even be your parents. Yeah, it was mine. They kind of were like, what you doing, boy? But they will come around, and they will ultimately become some of your biggest supporters. So, uh, you know, don't be afraid 
to go after what you want because it's your life. We spend the majority of our lives working and we, we owe it to ourselves to do something that we truly enjoy and are inspired by. I, I kind of mentioned that um, I worked as a forensic chemist and in that line of work, I spent a lot of time in our court system and everybody that I encountered during uh, those trials that I would go and be the expert witness testifying on behalf of the state, they looked just like me. At that time, I was a 20-something-year-old black guy, and it looked like everybody that I was there to testify against was someone who looked just like me. And for that reason, I wasn't inspired by the work that I was doing. I actually felt like I was contributing to a system that I really did not want to be a part of. And so I found my way into culinary education by happenstance, but I think that it was probably one of the best things that could have ever happened to me. Uh, my culinary education journey actually started with Job Corps. And if you're familiar with Job Corps, you know that a lot of troubled youth kind of gravitate toward the job. And so it kind of gave me an opportunity to cut some of those kids off at the pass. So some of them were that, that were on the brink of making a really bad life decision. I was able to teach them a trade and many of them just lit up in a kitchen. And so I then felt that I was on my, my path, that I was really doing something that was more in line with my spiritual self. And, and it flipped from where work was a chore for me, like going into the crime lab. I used to sit in the car for 20 minutes before my shift started and just say, oh, do I have to get out this car? You know, and that is no way to live, you know? And so I have never regretted making a career change and, and, and finding my way into culinary education has really been uh, a blessing for me. I, I feel like I may have been a blessing to those that I teach, but they are in many ways just as much a blessing to me uh, as I have been to them. Now, you've shared this, the glitz and the glam, but give us, a give us one of the stories where maybe you didn't know if this was the right choice. Did you always feel like this is definitely what I want to do? Or was there a moment when you were like, oh, my gosh, what have I done? <laughs> I, you know, I left this job. Oh, yeah, there was definitely that moment. There were a couple of those moments because the early years of me uh, breaking into this industry, I worked in mom and pop restaurants as well as in fancy hotels. And those first few paychecks were drastically different from the ones that I was getting <laughs> at the crime lab. And so uh you know, reality kind of set in and I'm like, oh my God, what, what, what did I do? But I was still, when I left work, I wasn't taking home ill emotion. I was happy. I was still pumped up from having done a, a good job that day and had people send notes back to the kitchen to say, hey man, that was some awesome pasta or whatever the case may be. Uh, and so I still felt fulfilled by the work, so I didn't stop. But yeah, there was definitely, uh, you know, that moment that I was like, okay. But in any career path, you have to do what is called paying your dues. And I paid those uh, and it has paid off uh, 10 times over. And I, I, I can't complain now. I'm not complaining. I'm actually happy with my career choice. I'm happy with my salary. And I just haven't looked back since. So for those of us who just cannot get enough of Robert Rhymes, are we going to see you in some bookstores? I mean, what, what's, what's next for Robert Rhymes? Uh, you know what? I am actually working on a book right now. 
Uh, and it's not a traditional culinary book uh, or, or cookbook, if you will. It's going to be filled with some Robert Rhymes stories that <laughs> are sure to entertain. I promise you that. So if nothing else, you, you will not only walk away with some great recipes, but also with some great stories. So when you say stories, are these more like fairy tales or tales from the crypt? Like what's what's the what's the balance on, on these stories? Man, it's a little bit of both, you know? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And, and look, they're they're all true stories. So and, and just to just to dig a little a little deeper, are these stories that inspired recipes or some of them are stories that inspired recipes and some of them required recipes to get through. Okay, if that makes sense. <laughs> it does. I mean, definitely a conversation piece. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh, it's, it, it will be on coffee tables across America. I, oh my gosh! Now, if you're looking for a, if you're if you're looking for a co-author, you know, I have been known to to burn some cornbread. So I'm, you know, gotcha. I'm a I'm available. And and you know what? There there is a a niche for burned cornbread somewhere, somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, you're looking for it. I don't know where. I'm looking around, too, for where that is, but but yeah. Just not in your book is what you're saying. It's, just, it's, it's, it's in the atmosphere. It's in the midst. It's, it's in just, the atmosphere. It's in the, okay, it's in the atmosphere. Well, I feel <laughs> I, I've been blessed by the Robert Rhymes, Mark Cornbread. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm touching, I'm touching the screen. I touched your forehead just now on the screen. And your cornbread will never be burned again. I receive it. You see how that works? I receive it. <laughs> well, Robert, thank you so much just for spending some time with us today and telling us about spirals and your journey. Is there anything else you'd like to share? I want to come back and, and you know, we need to be in the same space so that we can show the people this cornbread recipe that you have, we need to cook side by side. And you know, I'm, I'm feeling that. I'm thinking that when we unveil our book. Maybe the title should be Burned Cornbread. But now I'm from Mississippi too. It Burned is a little too proper. What about burnt? Okay, burnt. 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 Burned. Cornbread. Cone. Cornbread. Yes, okay. There so you you've heard it here first at the Play Big Faster podcast. Burnt. Cornbread is coming yeah, your way. It's coming. Yes, to a coffee table near you. <laughs> to a coffee table near you. And That's right. until next time, this has been another episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. See you on the next episode. Bye, guys. Do you want to start your own business? Confused about where to begin? Not sure if you can do this? I'm glad you made your way here. Cut through the confusion. I invite you to join in on the five-day Play Big Faster Challenge. You'll get step-by-step -step guidance on how to start and scale your dream business faster. Five days perfectly structured. Build the business you've always dreamed of without spending tons of money and hiring consultants or a lot of staff. Join the challenge today at www.playbigfaster.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Want more entrepreneurial content? I like this. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes. I already subscribed. I just clicked on it. Don't forget to like and leave a review. Share with a friend that needs this in their life. I think you need this more than I. Oh, and make sure to follow Cherie on IG at Cherie Speaks. And remember to play big faster.